da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Happy Halloween, man fam out there in the States. I think they celebrate Halloween other places, but... I had that thought earlier today. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if that is a thing elsewhere, but sure they, it, let it, us it, know if you're not stateside. Let us know. They, they celebrate the uh, the uh, they celebrate Halloween in the Ukraine. I have no idea. I, I would hope like so. to know though if you're from so. there and uh, yeah. want to let us know and fill us in. Right. But nonetheless, the two things the two things we want to know if you're not stateside. Do you celebrate Halloween, number one? And number two, do you celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day? That's that's the high <laughs> holiday we're most concerned about. It's the only holiday I celebrate, yep. <laughs> that's so funny. Every July 1st. That is a great day. You know, like, in relation to Bobby Bonilla Day, that the Packers tried to pay Brett Favre $20 million to stay retired? Remember that? <laughs> they were going to pay him $5 million. Sorry, guys. They were going to pay him, like, I don't know. It was like an insane. It was like a Bobby Bonilla contract for, a, for the first time he retired from the Packers, and then he went ended up going to the Jets and then the Vikings. Remember that? So that explains why he's doing all those razor ads and <laughs> infomercials. Probably should, probably should have taken that Packers deal when he had the chance, but um, nonetheless, it well, is. Land like, is pretty expensive in Mississippi. I was going to so. say the cost of living in Mississippi is exorbitant. There's no amount of money it's that we have where you sides. feel safe. Yeah, that was really specific real estate two sides. Sorry, Mississippi residents, but you don't have internet, I'm, so you're not listening. I'm not sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I hope they're not listening. Um, so it is Halloween in the states, nonetheless. Halloween weekend, and um, what better movie to talk about than Halloween, right? Wouldn't it have been just like Hollywood to be like, coming this May, the final epic conclusion <laughs> to the Halloween franchise. Uh, that would have been uh, very, <laughs> not surprising, but very dumb. Uh, so yeah, this movie, Halloween, or Halloween 2018, or Halloween um, the final one or Halloween the reboot or whatever. Yeah. Whatever yeah, I song goosebumps too. So I, I no just listened to the about. Dave Matthews band song Halloween. <laughs> Not familiar. I don't know their catalog bow, very much. Bow, you bow, do bow. apparently though. Gotta go deep. Go deep on <laughs> Dave tracks, fam. He oh, wakes yeah. up in the <laughs> I only yeah, I only know Ants Marching. That's the only one. <laughs> There's another and one? Crash and Crash. Those are the Crash into me. I knew that one from right. Ladybird. That's it. I thought his concerts were just a four hour version of both of those songs. That's it. I, I, I've been to one. I think it is. It's just okay. him doing like scat right. poetry over music. Right. Okay. Actually, Dave Matthews is fine. He's, he's fine. Okay. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this is Halloween. It's Halloween time. Um, Halloween movies. This is the only kind of horror-esque movie that's out right now, I think. For some reason, yeah. For some reason. Um, and I think everyone was scared of this one, though, this year. Yeah, I think this Johnny English is out. That's terrifying. Oh, that is scary. That is scary. Is uh, Natalie Imbruglia in this one? I hope so. <laughs> she was the best part of the early ones. She was very torn on whether she was going to be in this one. <laughs> oh, my God. hey yo. So the one joke you called. can make about Natalie and Brulia. <laughs> well, I got one more. When her agent when her agent called, she was lying naked on the floor. <laughs> You're a little late, Richard. 
<laughs> I'm already torn. Um, hey, it was funny. Way, I'll ride for that last song. Week, That's a great song. That is a great song. I want that was a jam. Very Major good. Jam. Holds up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's, speaking of. She was looking good in John English, by the way, like 10 years after that song. I was like, why is she? Oh, uh, Mal, who knew Natalie and Bulia was this hot? Who knew? It's a nice little surprise. Speaking of uh, of Johnny English, uh, mm. we do our our weekly um, discussion with Talk Sport over in the UK at oh, midnight yeah. on Wednesdays. If you're over there in the UK and you're up at midnight on a Wednesday, listen to Talk Sport. <laughs> we talk movies with them. Last week, I had yeah. this whole thing prepared. Uh, we were going to talk horror movies for Halloween, all this. I had this stuff. And then I get on there. And they're like, so what do you know about this Johnny English uh, reboot? <laughs> and they seriously... Didn't get to one movie no. that I had pre-planned because they all they wanted to talk about was Johnny English. That's and I was awesome. like, yeah, they come out over here. I'm not sure if anyone sees them. I vaguely well, remember the first understand. one. I don't know how many there are. There could be 10 at this point, and I wouldn't know that. And they were like kind of offended by it because it's like their yeah, It's, it's their, their James thing. Bond. Oh, I mean, it, it, is. <laughs> it is their James Bond because James Bond isn't their James that's Bond my, or that's anything. That's my favorite joke. Johnny English is, I mean, that's their James Bond. So, you mean, you got to respect it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they're back. They're 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 really into Rowan Atkinson too. Mm, He's yeah, really he like hasn't isn't. faded off at all in terms of the worship. Yeah, level when I there. when I was uh, in Europe in the springtime, we were on some horrible flight from somewhere to somewhere. I don't know. I I don't read maps well. And uh, <laughs> they were going from Paris to Valencia, Spain, and the whole flight they just had all those like. You know, it's like their version of Southwest or Spirit Air, where the the plane is from 1977 <laughs> and purchased from a real airline. <laughs> and so they uh, they just had the drop down TVs that were still tube TVs and just played Mr. Bean the entire flight. Both, I guess, I get it for that because in Europe the languages are so you know there's so many different speaking languages. Yeah, I'm like, it's just here, it's just like it's uh, just. Chaplin almost, cartoon, basically. Yeah, it's almost like doing Buster Keaton with yeah, exactly. Just music set over it. Yeah, he's. But that's like all I remember from the, the like, uh, from the 2012 Olympics was Mr. Bean <laughs> doing that thing in the opening ceremony. That's literally all I remember. That like keyboard uh, I thing. About that. Remember that? Yeah. yeah it's oh, that's odd. funny. Well, um, he's on I, the he's a Vince Vaughn All Star, by the way. Oh, definitely. Gets, yeah, yeah. It's like weird. Brussels sprouts, though. Yeah, <laughs> with like, like a heavy is that body, body odor, yeah. like fluoride, just, fluoride, yeah. and Brussels sprouts. That's what he smells like, <laughs> and beans. Um, okay, so yeah, it is Halloween, but we will talk about the um, the new Halloween. We did see it. Brian did see it. I think I did. I did. You're yeah. here to to live and tell about it. So that's pretty <laughs> surprising. Would have taken that. Uh, bet, but yeah, we'll Sarah talk just about. Texted me from the other room and goes, "Remember how hard that Mr. Bean made me laugh on the flight?" <laughs> so apparently, she loved it. Sorry about your divorce. That's tough. It's <laughs> tough. Um, we'll we'll talk about horror movies too. Just kind of our history of them, whether we like them, what our favorite ones are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, after the, after uh, we talk a little bit of movie news, but Brian has some shout outs to, oh, yeah. for the VIPs, yeah. the Vipers. Um, if you want more from us. We do an episode a week here on iTunes, on Spotify, on this main feed, but we do more episodes on our VIP feed. Um, it's $1 a week for all of the episodes, and that's not just starting now. Like, you don't get the episode this week and then next week. 
you pay it the dollar a week now, starting now, and you get all the episodes we've already released already. So and they're mostly throwbacks. So there's a lot timeless. of throwbacks, a lot of Spielberg talk, a lot of Wes Anderson, a lot of um, bonus episodes. We do sports, music, things like that over Umbrellas. in that feed. Mm-hmm. Umbrella talk. <laughs> we we do pizza brackets, which Richard and I were not invited to, but we did yeah, our own pizza was- bracket. Yeah, we're going to do our own competitive. And DiGiorno's not going to be a freaking part of it, okay? (laughs) That's an insult to pizza. You can get that stuff out of there. Get that. I will go toasted French bread pizza, microwavable over a DiGiorno. Oh, Totino's? French bread? That is a hot, hot take right there. Literally. Because I like to like pizza take. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of the uh, California Pizza Kitchen white pizza. The uh, oh, frozen yeah. white, you know what I'm talking about? I'm anti yeah. all white pizzas, just across oh. the yeah, board. Yeah, but you you I'm don't like queso pizza. either, so you can't. I know. Trust oh it. wow, yeah, too creamy, too, too creamy. creamy. Whoa, <laughs> have you tried a little chili con queso, Brian? Absolutely not. All right, no. we're saving this for our um, <laughs> least favorite snack foods brackets uh, podcast on the main on the uh, VIP. <laughs> so yeah, check that out at. Madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP if you'd like to subscribe to that. Um, this week, we're talking Halloween movies, and we've got a Nightmare Before Christmas episode for you guys and a Beetlejuice episode mm. in the next two weeks over there if you want to throw back to some old Tim Burton-style Halloween movies. Mm. And beware, there's a lot of cussing in that one. So we had to put it in the <laughs> VIP for Richard for the Nightmare Before yeah, Christmas. Yeah, It was fun. I did. I went off. He did. I went on a Hot Topic rant. Because apparently, thirty day return policy doesn't mean thirty day. Uh, anyway, you'll hear it's, it on it's, this episode. It's actually don't get him started yeah. again. Gosh, <laughs> don't wind me up. It's weird that the episode hasn't even come out yet, and you've already been banned for life from Hot Topic. That's <laughs> well, that's for a different reason. For a different reason, though. That's yeah. for just kind of just kind of hanging out. It's actually you can't be much. within five hundred yards of one, but we'll leave it at that. Okay, now shout outs, Brian. Shout outs to some of these VIPs. Yeah, so a uh, big shout-out to these these lovely people. Ten names. Pablo Aguilar, Raymond Cummings, Ethan Eckroth, which is a great name. I like that, Ethan Eckroth. That oh, Pablo, like a Pablo Aguilar is my favorite so far. but <laughs> Yeah, that's strong as well. Uh, Austin <laughs> Gregg, John Hurt, David Kurtzen, Joseph Pippen, Scotty's mm, son. Scotty's brother, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Jennifer Snyder, Will Clark, not the famous oh, Will Clark baseman. From uh, Texas Rangers? Former yeah. Orioles great. Former Orioles. I don't, oh, I don't know great. about that. <laughs> I, I only know the uh, Mississippi the State. The first baseman of our childhood, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Meredith Thompson. Thank you so much to What's all of those people. Tristan's sister. Um, yeah. yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for subscribing and hearing our, our silliness. There's Brian does a great job uh, sending out swag and little gifts, and we do bo- like the aforementioned bonus episodes. And there's like if you there's different tiers where you can get all kinds of different goodies. And AM Brian just did an AMA tonight, right? We were, mm-hmm. before we recorded mm-hmm. this with some Vipers. Um, so it's definitely worth your while if you if you like this show. Um, it's uh, it, it a it helps us continue to do this show, uh, but also it gives you a whole different channel of content, which is which is stellar. Also very cool that John Hurt was able to join the VIP posthumously. I know. Yeah. He's yeah, still I've already around. started some uh, some Tupac sort of rumors about John Hurt. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's good. It's good. Well, very thank helpful. you. I mean, seriously, thank so you so much, much to, those, to people. those people. Yeah, we have a good awesome. time over there. And it's like, 
an after hours feed. So mm, we kind of do robes. our, we kind of keep it together on this show, you know, believe it or not. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is together. It's, That's it's kind of, it's kind of like if, um, you know, if we were on terrestrial TV and then the censors went to bed and that's when the real talk <laughs> starts. So check that out at the VIP, uh, if you, if you please. Um, but we do have some movie news and, uh, maybe rumbling, Brian. Is there a rumbling this maybe, week? Maybe, maybe a rumbling. I can find hold on a real quick because we're pros. We told them how to get to the VIP feed. Yeah, right? madaboutmoviespodcast.com okay. slash VIP. Yeah. Okay, just making sure we hit that mm-hmm. one more time. So yeah, we've got a little movie news. I'll, I'll see if I can dig up a rumbling here, Kinto. Have we talked about the uh, John Favreau Star Wars TV show yet? I can't we did. We, t- we did. Up. We mentioned he was doing it, but we haven't talked okay. really in the details of of what it is or when it's gotcha. coming out, anything like that. So yeah, we can definitely. Yeah, so he put some of that stuff out on Instagram. He shared a set video, and the show is going to be called Mandalorian, and it is based around uh, Boba Fett and or Boba Fett family. And that's going to be on the Disney streaming service, I believe. Which just got kind of announced today. Yeah, yeah. Like in detail a little more. Right. So that sh- that's coming... Uh, or no, that was the Apple one. Pardon me. That's yes. the Apple one. There's, but the Disney sorry. one, I believe, is coming like late next year or mid-2019, and, and this is going to be one of the things that uh, will be on it. But it looks cool. The set photo was cool. I, I'm very stoked about Favreau doing this and yeah. interested to see what he can do with you know 10 episodes or something. And they, gosh, they announced some directors, and it was like a very impressive list of, of names, like Bryce Dallas Howard and... I'm trying to look uh the guy who did uh dope a couple years ago whose name I oh yeah. yeah i like that movie so interesting stuff they're doing there i think it's a 10 episode run i believe and uh rick uh fumiya Fu, excuse me fumiyawa is the uh director of dope who i believe is doing one of these episodes but yeah very cool interesting stuff and the set photo looks cool i'm 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 stoked to see uh see what he can do with that stuff I, I'm, I'm a little uh, yeah, skeptical about the uh, the Disney streaming service. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's what it's going to take for for the uh, for a lot of subscribers is to have a great original content. I don't know if the Disney I don't know catalog is enough for a lot of people since a lot of the you know sure you know this Br- Brian crazy mm-hmm. Disney fans they own every Disney movie, um, and so I don't know if a streaming service would be that. Um, beneficial to them unless it has a lot of original kids programming unless they bundle it with a lot of stuff and have great shows mm-hmm. um that's why netflix is going all in on this original netflix original series thing because they yep. know in three years everybody's going to pull their content rights from netflix and they're going to have basically their only their own content mm-hmm. and they need to make it good and i think they've done a pretty good job so far so i'll not be yeah, surprised netflix- if these marvel shows um Leave Netflix and move over to this Disney service. Netflix, to their credit, this rarely happens because, I mean, look at ES, someone like ESPN who totally missed the cord cutting thing, even two years into it already happening, not even foresight. Netflix really saw that coming yeah. eight years out. Like, they got it and were like, What's, we're going to use these to build our brand, but we're not going to have these forever and we cannot build our brand off of these because they can be gone the minute these contracts are over. So we, what are we going to have? And so mm-hmm. yeah. I think about a house of cards was almost six, seven years ago now when that, when that kind of started everything uh, there. So um, yeah, it's crazy. Good for them. I mean, it's rare mm-hmm. that these monoliths see things coming. Normally they just have enough money to kind of weather the storm and then readjust, but they actually seem to be ahead of it. So yeah, kudos yeah. to their leadership. Good stuff. 
Yeah, that's why they're making $9 trillion a month, um, whatever it is. (laughs) But yeah, um, this Disney series is also going to have, apparently, a series centering around Loki with Tom Hiddleston um, attached and then a Scarlet Witch series with Elizabeth Olsen. Um, That's a rumor. And they're thinking about giving Nick Fury a show, too. I saw that rumor today. Yeah. As S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spin off with Nick Fury more involved than mm. he previously has been. But uh, but that's exciting. No, I'm excited about Mandalorian. Same. I'm really excited. I think they should have probably done a live-action Star Wars series a while ago. I think this is a mm-hmm. good opportunity mm-hmm. with the Game of Thrones crowds and the right. binge-watching and stuff. It'll be interesting to see their strategy on the release, though, if they do release Same. the whole season first. Or if they do it one by one or, or what. But um, I imagine this will premiere next year. If they're already shooting it now, surely it's next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. You can't take that long for television. Yeah. It's, I know. I'm excited <laughs> to hear about it, guys, but I'll be. <laughs> yeah. You don't be watching the fest. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's canceled, he's just rewatching the same yep, episodes. There's still over and over old again. episodes of Manifest, so I don't know. He's really committed. He's committed. Uh, Taika Watiti was the other name that was ah, directing oh, an cool. episode for this. It was the guy I forgot. Uh, Kit, you mentioned the Marvel series on Netflix. Two of those have seen their final days. Luke Cage and Iron Fist were both canceled in the last week or so. So no more of either of those. They're, I guess they're going to keep going. They just released Daredevil Season 3, so I guess it's going to stick with that. And uh, Jessica Jones. But the other two are no more. So... I, yeah. If you're gonna pick two of the four, I think you picked the right two to get rid of. So that's the way that it goes. But uh, yeah, those those are out the door, and and we'll be interesting to see what happens with the like you said with the the Disney streaming service if those continue to stay at, at Netflix or if they get moved over, how what the contracts look like, and and all that good stuff. You know what I also really admire about Netflix is how completely objective their process is. They don't keep shows around just because they like them and they like the people. <laughs> I think that if they don't see the numbers, they have no issue with pulling the plug on it. And, um, you know, even if there's a small dedicated fan base, if it's not big enough, they'll pull the plug. Uh, you know, that sense eight series or whatever it was got, got pulled mm-hmm. from Netflix and raised a lot of hell for that um these marvel series for example the joel McHale show things like that they're not like well we really like joel and we want to be in business with him they're like no yeah this isn't working we're gonna pull the plug and do something else i really Mm -hmm. admire that and i think that's the key to them staying in business is making it a black and white issue of of if it doesn't get this number of streams it's not gonna make it you know and it's that simple and that way people don't get their feelings hurt and everybody is is happy and and they're doing they're doing good stuff so so yeah um good stuff i i actually had a friend at work suggest iron fist to me today so i guess a little too late for that yeah i was like i've not seen that no i've seen daredevil a little bit um Mm -hmm. and uh that's the only one i've watched uh, jessica jones and i think luke cage but i don't I'm not a Kristen Ritter person. That that's why I don't know. I'm not either, but I I have enjoyed Jessica Jones. Well, my Ritter pretty rankings. good, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Very, well Bottom. below Josh for sure. Yeah, and, Josh is up there. John's still up there getting it done. Stare watches Three's Company every night. Jason, I'm not, kidding. not bad. <laughs> Jason's good. Um, yeah. I, I, the whole. I mean, obviously, the whole list is available on my blog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Your, the Ritter, Ritter, the Ritterlist.com. Yeah. 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 Constantly updating. Uh, like Mark Stein helps me with it. 
little arrow pointing up or down every yeah. week. Yeah, I pay him one hundred forty thousand dollars a year to do that, so it's worth well, it, though. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm really uh, likely to. <laughs> then he's uh, outraged when I lay him off. He's like, "What?" <laughs> I'm Brian. I'm very close to signing up for CBS All Access because I really, oh, I really want this Twilight Zone series to be. Great. Oh yeah, and, I have it right now for football. Oh yeah. Mm. And then Sarah had it for Big Brother or something, but and then I Bazinga almost got I mean, you. Yeah, you're <laughs> o- only Blue Bloods. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you watch. NCIS and no, Blue I'm Bloods. In, no, I'm FBI. I'm FBI now. The new one. Oh, Lord. Oh. Pilots episode next week, guys. Yep. Get, get ready. Oh yeah. We're talking get TV ready. pilots next week, and um, I've watched a lot of them. And man, boy, it's gonna be good. I did a couple today that I've been putting off, and which ones? I was right to put them off. The I watched today. I watched the neighborhood, and what's the one with Wayans? Happy together? Yeah. Uh, it was my life and kids. Of which one life. of the which one of the neighborhood did you watch? The one with Schmidt or the one they made before? <laughs> I haven't. They yeah, I, I know they have found to out go. they could get Schmidt. They're like, oh, yeah. well, oh, that guy's well. fired. We'll just yeah. reshoot it with Schmidt. No biggie. I'm gonna have to go back and find the YouTube version with with fake Schmidt, see how that plays. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been rough as most pilot seasons are, but it makes for a fun episode. I haven't so. gotten to those yet. I'm gonna watch those this weekend. Are they as bad as the trailer? I mean, the trailers on those are next level terrible. C- CBS did that weird thing where the trailers for all of their shows were seven and a half minutes long. It's like your yeah. show, the show is only. 20 minutes long yeah, guys I don't, that's I, definitely the worst thing les moonvez ever did those trailers so. <laughs> absolutely yeah dude, uh they're they're pretty they're pretty bad they're pretty bad um yep. can i'm 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 doing the i think i'm on the cbs plan for twice a year i'm gonna sign up for for a month and i'll try to use a different star trek email address and just see if i can get a free week or whatever just binge star trek and and uh twilight zone and and that'll be it because I, I enjoyed star trek the first half of season one last year but i wasn't going to extend my i was i'm not interested in the good wife spinoff so i mm. it canceled my my subscription do you, do you but get I do cbs get back regular cbs i do your yeah playstation do. or whatever Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, it doesn't come with sling for whatever that's reason. That's really so that's weird. I just added it. I just pay the five ninety nine just during yeah. football, so I can watch because sure. Cowboys are on CBS a lot randomly this year. Because mm-hmm. got that Romo Jim Nance, connection. Jim, yep. Jim Nance needs that cashish. Right. They want Romo right. calling Cowboys games, and it's yeah. such a beating. Romo, you 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 know the situation, don't you, Tony? <laughs> Every five <laughs> yep. minutes, like yes, yep. yes, Jim. I played yes. for the Cowboys. <laughs> yes. Hey, can, is it true that when? Uh, when Nance and Romo do a Cowboys game at at home at here in Dallas, that Nance, part of his contract is Nance gets to stay in one of the suites overnight, <laughs> just chill for the whole night. Free game so as well. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny sure. you bring up Jim Nance, and this is a this is a weird <laughs> hello um, tangent. Mm. Um, my lovely Can't lady you friend, finish that foot longer. My lovely lady friend works at a restaurant, and I asked her what the most expensive wine that they had. And it was the calling for Jim Nansen. Oh, wow. Yeah. And his wife like, gets all that. His ex-wife gets all that cash. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is the guy that makes $1 million a year and does <laughs> so, literally, if so you look weird. at the top five highest rated events of the year on television, <laughs> period, not in sports, period, he has announced four of the top five and he makes $1 million a year. Well, <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, Judge this- Judy makes $45 million a year. <laughs> And he pays. Well, the, here's the thing with the gym dads. This is a joke. We saw a list several years ago, just so the listeners don't email us, of like the what people make in sports, and it was clearly wrong. 
because Jim Nance, yeah, made like one million, which is a lot of money, but not a lot of money in that world. No, and then we, yeah. and then there's the famous thing where he pays two hundred fifty thousand dollars a month, I think, in alimony. <laughs> yeah. So we did the math that he. So Brian and I and Ken have always done this joke where like Jim Nance is always trying to mooch free food and and merch off of every event. Like he gets to sleep in Butler Cabin for two nights when he does the Masters. It's basically the Carl Weathers character poor. from Arrested Development. Yeah. Like he's just trying to. You got a stew going. He's trying to save, cut corners and save cash every way yeah. that he can because he just has the worst agent of all time that negotiated <laughs> yes. this terrible deal. Joe for, Buck is like the B team. Jim Nance makes like forty two million dollars a year. Yeah. Nance makes like nine. 50 right. with huge alimony checks. Yeah. And he, he signed it in 1990. That's what happened. He signed it in yeah. 1990. A lifetime like, 30-year con- contract, we're going to pay you a million dollars a year. He's like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> he didn't cut, see the divorce thing coming. Later. And the judge is like, there's no way you make that little. Yeah. <laughs> Your alimony is 210. Don't try to fraud me. <laughs> Deal with it. That's this amazing. is New York, son. Oh, oh well. Well, what, so do we, what else we got, Brian? Last thing I'll on. mention, yeah. uh, the we talk we've talked so much about DC lately. I don't want to harp on it, but Wonder Woman 1984 was supposed to come out early November of next year. This is like the one property that we who are we're you know of course we're Marvel shills, so we've been paid a lot of money by Marvel to say how much we love Marvel and hate DC. This is like the one DC property that we we all agree was pretty solid, and we've enjoyed it, and we're excited about the sequel. It's now moved from November 2019 to June 2020. I'm fine with uh, that. Yeah, that's, it's, that's not the Take end of the world by any means. It was a weird... Yeah. That's kind of a weird release date. Anyway, November, yeah. and it'll do better in the summer. Um, They're scared of that Grind- Grindelwald sequel next year. So. <laughs> right. Uh, the movie that... This this is really what I want to talk about as much as anything. The movie that takes its place on the schedule oh, no. is Charlie's Angels with Kristen Stewart. So, hey, oh my it's a lord. Fe- it's a feminist take on <laughs> right. Charlie's Angels, dude. So. Hey, what if we did Charlie's Angels with women? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that is so 2019, man. Yeah. I love that idea. I love... I mean, I'm all pro this feminist movement especially getting better female representation in movies but it is funny like doing something and maybe they'll pull it off but the idea of something is so sexist as charlie's angels and be <laughs> like tiffany no, haters is in it right she's not uh, sure. i care hey guys i'm starting a restaurant um, oh it's michelle rodriguez um charlie it's kristen stewart michelle rodriguez and i need this picture's too blurry i'm trying to click on it and it won't Naomi Scott. Naomi I Scott. Think. There you go. Elizabeth Banks is one of the Bosleys. So is, and is the director. She, yeah, she's, she's also directing. Directing. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, she did fine with Pitch Perfect too. She's a good director. She, I like Elizabeth Banks. But uh, hey, guys, I'm opening a restaurant. I was. I know this is awkward, but I'm kind of putting you guys on the spot. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I'm looking for investors. It's a feminist take on Hooters. It's a Hooters, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like strong you know it's just right. so that's a funny bit like but they'll maybe i'm sure they'll pull it off it's, it's ella like, yeah. balinska naomi <laughs> oh, scott yeah. and kristen stewart with okay. um patrick stewart involved mm. yeah it's a strange one but also is november the right time for this yeah movie? that's a bad i don't november think so it's <laughs> yeah. a really bad idea so well oscar season I yeah. thought people were done with Kristen Stewart, honestly. No, nah, she's, she's back big. She's she's like she Andy a, Darling now, yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. Why though? <laughs> yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not my uh not not my, my preference. She's but. captain of the team. There's been several of these, and this is certainly not um nah, I don't know. There I think she still has a really big female f- fan base. And I think 
women think straight dudes are really into her. I, I don't think we can prove them otherwise. We'll just be over here with Carlo Gugino. It's all good. But no, I think yeah. there's that a little bit of that going on. But she's she has been... She was a really bad actress in Twilight, but I mean, those are really bad movies. I think she's done some stuff that's that's pretty. Yeah, good she did something that was. Oh, what was it? it was like Adventureland. Uh, well, no, last no, year she did. Gosh darn, where it's she had a really short something. hair in it. I remember. Oh, it was well, it wasn't last year. Personal Shopper got a lot of buzz for her, and that was like 2016. I don't know. I I feel like she. Anyway, I don't want it to just turn into her panic room. Yeah, I've never. I don't think that she's a particularly good actress, but she just seems like she one hosted of those. SNL hey, last year, didn't she? For yeah, some reason? I yeah. think she did. Why? It's just a she's weird. She's someone's daughter too, isn't she? Isn't she somehow I'm connected? Not sure. uh, not John to, Stewart. I don't not, think so. Not John Stewart. No. Uh, anyway, it, it, it's not. I'm not trying to bash on her or this property or anything else. I just think she seems like a strange person to hitch a tentpole type of movie too but maybe this isn't really a yeah. tent pull because it's coming billy out lynn November. that's what i remember her seeing her in yeah she's oh, she, oh billy lynn she did that lizzie borden movie earlier this year that i guess got what? some good buzz yeah i don't know man with yeah, chloe seven yay so her mom's a director and her dad is a was a person at comedy central so she has like weird like hollywood ties mm. yeah Hey guys, she's just never been my never would be my choice to front a big movie like this, but maybe we'll be proven wrong. So, first film review and it is in for Bohemian Rhapsody. Should I read it on the air? Oh, let's go. Let's do it. Rami Malek does a commanding job of channeling Freddie Mercury's flamboyant rock god bravara, but Brian Singer's Middle of the Road Queen biopic <laughs> doesn't live up to the authenticity of its lead performer. Wow. Who would have thought? Who would have ever thought that that that, that would have been the uh, review? Forgot that that's Brian Singer. <sighs> he didn't finish it though. Somebody this else is finished the, the uh, movie, right? Yeah, they Spy who dumped me of uh, the fall. <laughs> we can all agree that Kate McKinnon's gonna win an Oscar someday, <laughs> but this low-level comedy brings little to the table. Right? Yeah, well, we good agree. trailer, good trailer. But I don't, I, I don't know. I think. I think that, that between this and A Star is Born kind of proves, well, one, quality over anything else. But also, I don't think we're, as a society, I don't think we're as interested in the biopic, of the musical biopic, as Hollywood seems to think that we are interested in. I think we well, like just, music, yeah. and I think we like stories about musicians, but we have I don't Queen. think we like care about like, this, sort of. They're really pumping the soundtrack on Spotify, too. They keep recommending it to me, and it's like, no, nah, I'm cool, I've got... It's got actual Queen records. I can <laughs> yeah, got Night at the Opera Remy here. Malick's version. I'm, right, I got it. I agree. I I, I love music movies. I love Phoenix, music Cash, movies though. about bands, but <laughs> I can't do a uh, watered down version of that story. That that's mm. there was a that's uh, the thing because there's very little to water. I mean, there's lots of water yeah. down. I mean, but yeah, um, I think you that can was barely Sasha tell Baron it real story. Yeah, um, reason for leaving, but. Okay, I think we should but move I'll, on. Real quick, real quick. What? I had a boss at uh, Borders when I was in high school or college when I was working there, and and he his favorite musician, uh, not doing a bit. He's like, yeah, he's like, <laughs> I like uh, Johnny Cash. Well, I like Joaquin Phoenix doing Johnny Cash. <laughs> my favorite album. <laughs> you can ask one, and he would like 
if you put on real Johnny Cash in the store, he'd be like, what is this? And he'd be like, oh, sorry. And then he'd put on Walk the Line and be like, yeah, this album's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just a normal take for everybody out there. Just very normal. Yep. Okie doke. Let's um, talk about Michael Myers and Austin Powers. Just kidding. Uh, let's talk about Halloween. Okay, so Halloween um, 2018, I guess that's what we'll call it, because I don't want to confuse it with 1978. But nonetheless, um, this is a movie that I didn't really know was coming out until this year. I think they did a pretty good job of keeping this under wraps. Um, I think they attempted a Halloween reboot a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, with Rob Zombie at the helm. That didn't, yeah, do, yeah. That didn't do terribly well, <laughs> and they've tried rebooting Friday um, the 13th, as well as Nightmare on Elm Street in the past five to ten years, and none of those have really worked with any success. Until last year, when It came out and kind of changed, I think, the studio's mm. minds of these um, nostalgic horror movies and um, what they could bring around this time of year. So, of course, you hired... Danny McBride and David Gordon Green to do a <laughs> Halloween reboot, right? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm sure this was a passion project for them that they enjoyed Halloween growing up and uh, would love to bring their take on it. And I thought, um, just generally, I thought they did a fantastic job with with uh, re envisioning the story while still at the same time staying. Um, authentic to the original and faithful to the original. Um, the characters that they bring back are awesome. Um, and I don't want to get too far into this. It's a very spoilery movie, but I think Halloween, the original Halloween, is maybe arguably the best horror movie of all time. It's my favorite. Mm. Um, it's, it, it started an entire genre of movies, uh, slasher movies, and... It is timeless to this day. It holds up really well. It's it's so simple. It's it's creepy in almost all the right ways, and um, it thrills me. You know, even though I know what happens, it still um, offers those scares and thrills, even um, forty years after the fact. So I think Halloween. They could have probably just re-released Halloween in some kind of <laughs> HD restoration, and it probably still would have done twenty million this past weekend. But Halloween the reboot. Did 70, 70 to seventy five million this past weekend, which is unbelievable. I would have not not have guessed that. Would have thought this would have been below fifty, just because horror movies and and uh, and all that and the olds not really wanting to come out anymore. And this would appeal mainly to them, I would think. And uh, you know they've got Wes Anderson movies to wait for, and they've got um, Angelica movies to talk during, and uh, and so. I was very surprised at the success of this this past weekend, and um, I was impressed by the movie, too. But, Brian, I know you don't see horror movies. You didn't see It. But for some reason, you agreed to do this. What's the logic behind that? Yeah, so my thing is I don't like horror movies, but the slasher movie doesn't 
it, the, I don't like slasher movies because I just think they're dumb. And just in general, I, I don't enjoy the I don't enjoy the gore. I don't enjoy the jump scare and things like that. So I'm pretty much just left with plot and character and whatnot. And that's always the weakness of, of every slasher horror movie, you know? So to me, they're all even the I mean, how I would agree with you. I think Halloween, if it's not the best horror, just straight slasher horror movie of all time, then it's you know whatever. Like the top, a lot of people say the Exorcist, Exorcist and yeah, I'd probably say the Exorcist is the best, but it doesn't. Regardless, it's like those two and The Shining are kind of the, I don't know the the triumvirate of of uh, horror movies from from that era, especially and kind of made all of these other movies happen. Um, yeah, I, but I don't, I don't like the slasher movies. So I, I don't, I will never, I never see one if it's not doing it for the show, but they, they also don't scar me for life the way it terrifies me. Cause that, that freaking clown just scares the crap out of me, but I don't like, I don't, I, I won't, seen I don't do, no, I've tried like five, it's on HBO and I've yeah. tried, Several times I'm just like I can't do it I can't do it I can't do it. Uh, the freaking the clown in the in the gutter just terrified. Anyway, regardless, that stuff that creeps me out. I don't like being creeped out. I don't. I, you know, I don't like the inability to sleep or calm Enjoy down. Your bowels. Or, yeah. Right, exactly. All those things. It's just not. I I understand that that is a thing that people really enjoy is that terror and being scared and all that but like i don't go to haunted houses i don't i don't care for that form of entertainment so i'm left with for me most horror movies break down into either something like this that is slasher and is just not appealing to me on a i don't know like an just a preference and aesthetic basis but is fine you know versus things that are like ghost and witchcraft and whatnot related that genuinely creeps me out and i and psychological sorts of thrillers and stuff that i i that when i get to a place where i'm like i can't i can't get this out of my head then i'm unhappy and don't want to do that so like it i'm out the witch that y'all did a couple of years ago i'm out like i just can't i cannot go down that road but this one is like and i was to be honest i was i was genuinely interested in uh, how good it was because the buzz was really strong coming out of the early screenings of this and and uh you know i i definitely get the importance to genre films as a whole that halloween has and it felt like this was going to be one that at least kind of played that played more homage to that rather than trying to knock it off or, or copycat it and uh and i think that's what it mostly is like this is I don't know. This is not my, this is really not my type of movie at all. And I, I can't say that I had a great time with it. I don't think it's nearly as good as, as it, the buzz has, has been surrounding it, but that's fine. That's, that's the way it goes sometimes. And it's, it is definitely a competent quality slasher horror movie and, and pretty much everything that I expect from and either like or don't like in a slasher movie, this one has, and it does it, I think very well for what it's, what it is and what it's trying to be. Um, and so there's, there's a, there's definitely, obviously it made $80 million. There's a place for that. It's just not my, it's not a place in, in, in my heart, you know? Okay. Arby, where did yeah, your heart sp- lie? Yeah. I mean, this is, these are my favorite kind of horror movies. It's, it's that, uh, I like a good slasher film. Um, 
it's it's one of those things. I don't really ever seek them out. I'm weird. I'm kind of the exact middle between you two. I would never call myself a genre or horror fan, but there are ones I really love. Halloween being uh, up there, uh, maybe probably my favorite. I, I I'm with you, Brian. I'd probably say Exorcist or The Shining are better movies, but the first Halloween just I don't know something about it is so uh, fun, and that character Michael Myers is so great. Um, mm-hmm. And the the you know one of the all time great villains I would say genre or not. Um. So yeah, this was with very similar to you, Brian. I I was really excited for this. Uh, just missed probably my top five most excited because I I always like I always think it's it's that thing of um. Okay, let's get a let's get a African band to sit in and play only Beatles songs. Okay, well, something interesting might happen there than just the same people that always plays Beatles songs. So I always think it's that thing of, oh, Danny McBride's doing a Halloween movie. That almost always mm-hmm. works. You know, mm-hmm. I think when you get that different set of eyes in it and that different sensibility, and it's a passion project for them. I'm not even a big Danny McBride guy, but like, it's like, oh, this will be interesting because mm-hmm. why else would he do this unless he had a really good idea for this? Um, so, and David Gordon Green, the same. So, so I was excited for it. It was, uh, you know, general thoughts. And I, again, we'll go into spoilers like right now. Uh, but uh, before that, we'll just say, you know, I was a little let down. I think there's just because, I mean, we're in this golden age of horror and people want these to be good so bad that I think it was just very forgiven. Um, some of its fault as a movie. It's certainly not bad and it's better than most. I mean, almost all slasher movies that come out on in Halloween. Uh, every year it's it's definitely in the upper echelon but they were the hype on this you're right brian was like this not it wasn't like get out level but it was like this is gonna be mm-hmm. awesome and it certainly was correct financially and that's cool and it, it deserves the money it's worth going to see and it's the best movie of the best uh scary movie at halloween which should always make 200 million dollars that's the whole literally the whole point of the next two next week you know is is scaring you uh so that that's cool and it's deserving of all that but it's not like the modern masterpiece of of horror slasher cinema as it was built, but it, I, I it was fine. It was it was perfectly fine, and uh, I'm excited to talk a little more of the specifics because as we as we kind of hinted out, there's there's some different things they do with the timeline and ignore mm. like all the other movies since and and uh, there that that's interesting to talk about. But we'll get into to details now, I guess, Kento. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I think uh I think this is a way better movie than it was. I I think it was uh definitely an experience, but I think this is just way better thought out, way um way more faithful to the story in which it's um based That's on. Mm-hmm. It it feels like it feels like this movie has been meaning to come out for a long time. Like essentially there's been a 40 year cliffhanger with this and the people that, that like the original Halloween movie have been wanting to see this for a long time. And with Jamie Lee Curtis being involved and the whole premise of the film being her wanting to kill Michael Myers is great. I don't think, I think that's the stroke of genius with this entire movie is bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis, heavily involved executive producer and bringing back John Carpenter, heavily involved executive producer, um, bringing back John Carpenter's original score, yeah, which he wrote, I think, with his son, 
um, or brother or whatever, and and giving you everything that you remember about Halloween and adding on to that legacy in, in a respectful way. Um, I thought the opening sequence with him at the ins- insane asylum in that courtyard was really effective. Um, I thought the opening credits were fantastic. Um, hearkening mm-hmm. back to the original Halloween and with the, with the pumpkin yeah, and the, my font, the old font and the, the score is just so good for this. It just makes all the difference in how they use it at the right moments. It's like jaws level, you know, where you hear the music when you know, something's going to happen and they play on that very well. Um, but I just thought the way they went about this was was great. They didn't overcomplicate things. This is a very simple plot. Um, I guess we're in spoilers now. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, yeah. okay, spoilers. Yeah, it's in the trailer, right? Well, Michael Myers escaping from prison. Um, I thought every kind of beat before that, just the leading up to it, like you got to establish that he's in prison. You got to establish why he's there. You got to. Established that he's not getting out; he's just being transferred to another place. And then that's when the uh, that's when this bus crash happens. They have a obviously have a sequence there with um, very riveting sequence with the bus crash, and then somebody kind of drives up on this bus crash and wonders what's going on. I thought that was really well done. I thought the sequ- the uh, the whole bit with Jamie Lee Curtis being or Laurie being a hermit who is lives in like a cage and has uh locks on all her doors and tons of weapons and stuff. I thought that was super um kind of accurate to where you would think somebody who had gone through that would be at that stage in their life, right? Um as a kid especially in their youth and just convinced that something like that was going to happen again even though her family and everybody's like it's okay, nothing's going to happen. It's just crazy old grandma again, right? Um I, and the scene in the restaurant where she comes in like, I saw him, I saw him. And they're like, no, no, you're cool. It's cool. It's fine, you know? And um, for all that to mean something or for her not to be basically proven not insane was uh, was pretty satisfying here. But, man, I thought the simplicity of Michael Myers just standing there is terrifying, you know? It's one of the one of the better characters because he's not too ripped he's not too scary he's not like supernatural in any way it's not like scream where he's using the the you know talking on the phone or using a voice change or anything like that it's it's terrifying and i thought i love how they stuck to their guns no pun intended on keeping him silent the whole movie and you always you you think you're gonna hear his voice or see his face and it never happens and that's still something that they've kept from us uh with this franchise but but man, I yeah, I had a really, really fun time with this. Um there are several sequences that were effective, but um but overall I thought they they really nailed the nostalgic feel of the film while at the same time bringing it into twenty eighteen or uh and not making it feel like anything derivative of, of current horror movies or um or playing off like you said, Richard, get out or or trying to be too satirical or political or, or anything like that. It really just is like, let's do Halloween. Let's, let's think of what we know and love and remember about why we loved Halloween and bring that to this. And, uh, and I thought they did a great job. I thought, I thought this was about, about as good as it could be. And, um, 
that's saying a lot. You know, like the fact that this is so well received from critics is surprising. Uh, an 80%, I believe, approval rating from the critics. Uh, most of the time, critics don't like horror movies because they don't like being scared. So a lot of the mm-hmm. most famous horror movies are, you know, don't fall uh, in the favor of the critics. And horror movie uh, fans really don't care. Uh, a lot, you know, a lot of the more popular ones are 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 rotten uh, on that scale. So the fact that this is a fresh movie is surprising, but I think a lot of it does have to do with the nostalgic um, feeling that they get watching this and remembering watching the original Halloween. And I think that was kind of the the only intention. But I think this is good enough to bring a lot of people to the franchise and will make a lot of people maybe see the original movie if they haven't. I do think it stands alone very well. Like, you don't have to have seen that to see this. You don't have to have seen any of the other Halloween movies to enjoy this. Um, and I think it offers just the right amount of um, scares for Halloween without being too uh, derivative in terms of jump scares or just the easy scares. Does that make sense? Mm. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do with these where, you know, somebody's standing around a corner and a guy pops around the corner. They only do that like one or two times where it's like, Oh no, it's just me coming to eat some pizza, you know, <laughs> uh, like one of those things. That only happens a few times in here, but, but I thought they, they really nailed Michael Myers. They really nailed, um, Jamie Lee Curtis's kind of arc and where she would be. And, um, I thought some of the settings that some of these sequences take place were really, were really fun too. And we'll talk about those, but, uh, but Brian, well, I guess what did you like most about it? Did you like anything? <laughs> or was it just uh, kind of bearable? Yeah, look, I like I, the score was great. It was fun going back to the original score, and uh, I, I thought the title sequence was awesome. Richard, you said was, I think you said it was your favorite part. Same here. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. I thought that was really cool and very well done and and very appropriate. Um. You know, I mean, it, like, I, I, I enjoyed the concept of Lori waiting for this day for forty years or whatever to to finally put Michael down. That was cool. Um, I love Judy Greer, so it was. I thought, and it was, it was a little bit of a meatier role than than a uh, a female character, especially usually gets in a horror movie. I thought she was she was fun. Um, I, it was really, really maybe the smartest thing in the whole thing. Besides, beyond the opening credits and the score, using the original touches was having a little, uh, just touches of exposition, write out all of the foolishness that happens in the previous Halloween movies. That that was something that I wasn't, I didn't know how they were going to do that. I was, I don't know if concerned is the right word, but like I've only seen Halloween. And I believe Halloween H two O. I have seen H two O. Yeah, because of because I you know I celebrate the entire catalog of LL Cool J. But that was I think, and that one is I haven't seen it in nineteen years or whatever since it came out on DVD, and I I don't really care to revisit. So like I was one of there was nobody else on my row for this movie, and so like I was as the movie was starting, I was pulling up Wikipedia and looking through. Okay, how what what's Halloween two and Halloween three? And as I'm kind of browsing through all this, it's just like, wait, what? Like, how how in the world? I know it's a horror movie, and I'm well aware that you can write anybody back in if you want to. But you like the plots of those movies would make it very difficult for him to still be alive. I would say, and so 
I thought it was a real stroke of genius to, it's not just that they just said, oh, we're going to blanket start over from, pretend like none of this happened between uh, 1978 and, and 2018, but to, to have the characters kind of explain away, like when the, the kid, the, the boyfriend is asking the granddaughter about, oh, wasn't he, a, wasn't he her brother and all this? And she says, no, that's just a story that, you know, things like that. Um, and just establishing little bits of dialogue like the podcaster saying that Michael had killed five people and you just kind of in your head you kind of do the math on that of like, okay, he did okay, the first movie, yes, but surely he killed dozens and dozens across all of these movies. So I, I like that. I thought it was very well done and left it, it it reset the movie very well without really drawing attention to itself and I thought that was that And was is the cool. harder way to go. That's what I liked about it. Absolutely. The degree yeah. of difficulty on that's higher than just saying like, hey, just in the marketing campaign, these other movies didn't happen, so let's mm-hmm. just go in with this and do it the easy way, the wipe. Mm-hmm. Um, the, to actually write it in, I thought was was really cool. I was I was really into this for the first 20 minutes, and then it didn't let me down, but it just kind of never really got past just the, oh, this mm-hmm. is really cool. I, I'm enjoying this, but uh, never yeah. really took me to the next level narratively. Yeah, I was kind of in the same boat. Like I thought, I thought the setup was very good, and I was excited about that from that point and then it just became a slasher movie and that's fine like i'm not I, i'm not gonna bash on what it is it's a very again like i said it's a very competent very good slasher movie i just don't i don't care for this kind of movie and i was i was genuinely i mean i was kind of bored throughout most of it i mean i look away during the i don't like gore and horrifying it like when the when movies become let me show you the new cool way I found to kill somebody. I'm just not very interested in that. And so if well, that's, that's the, thing, the life you live, so it's just right. to yeah, see that just, repeated in art. Yeah, is exactly. Boring. It's like, you know, how many times like they're just anyway, but no, it, it, so I kind of, that's not of interest to me. So when it just becomes the plotting and I felt like the plotting was pretty paint by numbers and not super inspired. And so I was kind of bored and then, and, to be frank, I wasn't, I also wasn't, I don't know that there was a single moment in the movie where I even had the edge of my seat. I'm a little bit scared right now, the way that I would want in a, I guess I would want, cause I don't really like it, but, the, but in a horror movie, that's something that I'm usually looking for. So I don't know, like maybe I'm just, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm callous to all of the tropes of horror movie slasher movie and everything and and maybe other people had a completive experience but i I didn't find there to be even very much to get um to walk away like feeling scared by it was or or in the moment excuse me feeling scared of it just was like okay he's gonna go here and kill somebody then we're going here and that didn't i don't know that just doesn't really doesn't really do it for me something i really like about the original halloween is it's not scary more than it is unsettling. And I think that's what they go for here more than uh, jump scare, scary, uh, gory. Um, It is gory at times. Um, Mm -hmm. But the same with The Shining. I think that's why a lot of people are let down when they hear about The Shining and see The Shining for the first time. It's it's extremely unsettling. It's not scary. Um, And this is a lot of the same. Um, Michael Myers is a, he's an iconic character. Um, Mm -hmm. All you got to do is show him. Uh, I like that. He only has the knife and the walks very slowly and just kind of does his own thing. And I think 
One of the better sequences in the film is when he finally gets to the town and it's Halloween night and the camera's just following him around as kids are trick-or-treating, right? And he's going into random houses and offing people, essentially, right? Uh, for various reasons. Like, he kills a lady just so he could go get a knife. And then he goes somewhere else just so he could get something else. Um, that was very creepy. And there's... Um, I like kind of the logic that they use here, too. So, after he escapes from the um, asylum, they have this big first real kill sequence after that in the uh at a gas station which mm. which explains how he gets the uh mechanics coveralls and how he switches from the you know the uh scrubs to the coveralls. I thought that was a logical like okay yeah that makes sense. Yeah he killed mm. everybody sure. and now he's wearing okay yeah yeah okay I can see how that, that could happen. He gets the mask, you know. My only question is like how did he know that those people were there? Except for yeah. he says like at the beginning of the movie the the journalist guy says, uh, you're, you're, he says like, it's attached to him or something like you're drawn to it or something. So maybe yeah. that's a kind of a throw in line for how did he know where they, what gas station they would be at. Right. Like of all the places that they would be to have the mask, that would be the one. But, uh, but yeah, I know I appreciated that kind of easy logic that they threw in there. Um, maybe one of the better opening sequences, in horror movie history is the opening sequence to Halloween. Arguably, maybe the, the a better one is the opening scene from Scream. I think that is great. The Drew Barrymore scene with yeah. her on the phone. I I don't know if there's a better uh, written, like uh, maybe, you know, screenplay of an opening scene of a horror movie than that. But I think the Halloween scene with Michael Myers and the camera, like inside the mask as he's walking and you hear the breathing and the murdering is happening. I just thought that was, that was super, super creative and the way they went about that in the original Halloween. And I love the flashback to that moment in this film. I was wondering if they were going to play off that or if they were going to do that again, like the perspective of Michael Myers. Um, they only really did it once in that flashback, but I appreciated that because I didn't think this would feel right to not at least call back to that scene because it's such a an iconic uh, kind of vision for how to do that. Uh, I don't think that had really been done um, mm. up to that point. So um, a kind of cliche moment was the babysitter sequence and all that. And that was maybe the one that kind of felt a little bit derivative. Uh, him breaking into the house with the, with the girl babysitting the little kid and um, being the boogeyman and that whole thing. That That kind of felt a little bit out of place and not really totally necessary to the plot involving Lori and her revenge on Michael Myers. It kind of felt like a side little venture mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, it definitely did. That kid was great though. He was, yeah. Yeah. The kid actor is really funny. It's really <laughs> funny. Um, all the comedic relief in here was really good, which you would expect from, from the people that are, uh, the eastbound and down crew that brought this, uh, to the screen. Um, right. oddly, <laughs> uh, I also liked how Lori had a police scanner in her car too. Like how mm -hmm. she just is always, listening for Michael Myers and, and, uh, has, um, um, her pulse on kind of the town's crime and all that. Uh, so I like that addition. I liked the cops in general, um, and the entire sequence of them, um, finding Michael Myers, but, uh, 
the doctor from the asylum. We are in yeah. spoilers now, right? We are in spoilers. That oh, was yeah, a America. that was a obviously a callback to the uh, character in the original Halloween, but I thought the twist on that when they're outside the cop car and and they hit Michael Myers with the car, right? The twist where they get out and um, <laughs> the doctor basically offs the cop right there. I I, I did not see that coming at all, and that was uh that was quite the uh. Quite, quite a nice little addition. I didn't expect a twist like that in this, but not to say it mattered mm-hmm. much. But it was in the moment. It was, a, it was a really good twist. Um, anything else? Yeah, that's probably the one spot in the plotting that I, I couldn't have. I don't mean this as a, as a complaint. Like I, it just is what it is. But like, that's probably the one spot that if I sat down at the beginning of the movie and just wrote out, okay, how is this movie going to go? Here it is. That's, that's the one place where I would have been surprised that I, yeah. I didn't see i didn't see that one coming yeah absolutely it, it um it was a good uh like i said call back to the original but at the same time turning your expectations on what you would expect that to be um i thought the scene with the motion sensors in the yard was a clever setup as well um just the whole notion of the doctor wanting to know what makes michael myers tick and what you know what I guess that's the entire question with this whole franchise is why, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> why is Michael Myers just murdering everybody all the time for no particular reason? And, um, this, this movie climaxes at, uh, where you would expect it to, which is Jamie Lee Curtis and, uh, Lori in her house with Michael Myers and a huge standoff home alone style in her house. I thought that was great. I loved how she had prepped her house for this. Like she had waited for this, like she says, for 40 years for this to happen. Um, Her sequence with her and the shotgun with the flashlight going around the house and then individually closing off, sealing off every single door that he wasn't in was, I thought that was really genius. Uh, And the plan with Judy Greer in the basement and everything was, uh, was quite smart as well from a, if you're going to trap a serial killer in your house, what you do you do? Um, I thought that was, that was pretty um, smart on Jamie Lee's part. Yeah. There. I got to say, like, I was, that was the thing that was keeping my interest more than anything else throughout the, after we got through the setup, which I, which I said, I, I really thought was, was pretty well done. You know you're getting to the place where at some point, Jay, I almost said Jason, at some point uh, Michael Myers is, is going to show up to the house. And we're going to have this big showdown between him and Lori. And I was that was what was keeping my interest. I was excited to move into that because I thought that was going to be a pretty cool scene. And it it was fine. I'm not – it wasn't bad by any means, but it just – I just kept feeling like you've had 40 years to prepare for this and you haven't updated your technology one time. You have this like <laughs> the worst panic room of all time. It's just like underneath an island and it's just wooden beams over it. And I, I don't know. Like I, I was disappointed by that whole – you said like the Home Alone sequence. And, oh, I, and, I was blown away because I expected it to be like fortified. But like the reveal that this was a trap for Michael, I thought it was a genius yeah. reveal. No, that was cool. That was really that definitely was cool, and it was a it was a fun note at the end of this. But I just thought I expected 
when we see her house at the beginning and you, you know, she says all these things about 40 years, I've been preparing for this. And like, you just, I really thought that was going to be, I mean, I really thought it was going to be a horror movie version of home alone or, or horror movie version of skyfall. And instead it's like one room check second room. He's in here with some mannequins and now we're going to the basement. Like it just was a, it was a little bit of a letdown for me. I just felt like that there was more that could have been done there. And I honestly, I expect, I expected more and, 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 you know, on some level I'm, I'm, there's part of me that's kind of glad cause I, I don't want to see, you know, 10 different scenes of him getting body parts blown off or something. But it just seemed like if you're going to build towards that last 20 minutes, I, I, I guess I expected a little more from the actual showdown than, than what went down with it. I can totally see that. Um, but yeah, I I just thought this uh it was very respectful to the original at the same time um bringing a little bit something new to the table. It was a fun ride. Um and it was basically everything I kind of expected it to be. Um the dialogue wasn't overly cheesy. Uh sometimes these horror movies like the the actual horror of them is great, but like mm-hmm. just getting there through the dialogue is such a pain that it doesn't make it worth the thrill. And yeah. I didn't think that this, um, I didn't think that the dialogue or the uh, the actual mm-hmm. um, written word took away from uh, the thrills of the uh, of the scares. So no, I I totally agree with that. I think that that that's one of, that's one of the strengths of the script. More, much more so to me than the plotting and the setting and stuff is the um, is it was very noticeable that that David Gordon Green knows how to write dialogue and most of the time that's that is a major checkout for me with most horror movies just like oh my gosh i can't i cannot listen to these people talk one more time it's so it just is destroying my brain but this the the dialogue in this was much sharper than what you typically get in this kind of movie i think yeah like i said i like the loomis callback i liked the um her falling out the window callback which is kind of a similar thing that happens to michael in the first movie um there's a lot of little other easter eggs in there um the sequence in the bathroom at the truck stop was terrifying though that was absolutely terrifying <laughs> with the girl trying to crawl under the stalls and all that was that was not uh that, that's probably the scariest uh sequence of the movie in my opinion um so this movie ends with her burning down the house with michael myers inside it's never really confirmation that he's dead, um, but they hint at the end of the movie <laughs> that her granddaughter is going to be the killer now? What was that? Done. Is going to be Michael Myers? That's like, I think, can't, that's a callback to Halloween 4, I think. I think it's not four. seen Halloween four. I haven't either. I'm literally dead. I mean, seriously, I was looking at Wikipedia, reading synopsis on, on Wikipedia, of these movies during this movie, trying to figure out like what, what I need to know to be able to appreciate this <laughs> masterpiece of film. But, uh, that was, I guess in one of the movies, that's one of the things is that they find, I think it's four. They finally track down Michael for the last time and they super kill him and then they go back to the house and the, I don't know, the somebody, I think like the, maybe the foster mom or something is like getting a bath ready for the daughter, for Lori's daughter maybe. And she kills 
the foster mom and puts on the Michael mask and all this sort of stuff. And that's like the closing sequence of the movie is the realization that this, like, I don't know, is her part of her legacy now or something, her family legacy and stuff. So I think that was a callback to that. And also if you stay to the closing, like through all the closing credits of, of this movie, the, like the last beat right before it shows the universal logo and signs off is like, you can hear, just heavy breathing. So I think the, I think the idea is that he, of course, because this is what we do, he has survived the burning and, and will live to slash another day. So you just hear this like, for two beats or something. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't really use the breathing enough either. Like I said, with the, uh, inside the mask shot from the original, um, the kid says, I think the, Baby, the kid that they're babysitting says, like, I heard heavy breathing, but there's never, it's not u- utilized nearly as much as I would have figured they would have used, utilized it in this. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, they, they update to the score, too. Like, they brought back the score, but they updated it, and it was really good. Like, the scene where, um, where the, the granddaughter, where Lori's granddaughter is, like, running out of the house, and she's running down the street on Halloween, and screaming for help, and the score is just blasting. I just thought that was a moment that I didn't need to notice in the movie, but I did mm. because of how good the music was with that moment. Um, so yeah, I'm ready to grade this one out. Unless you guys have any closing thoughts what, on Halloween, what what kind of your favorite horror movies? Now that we're talking Halloween, uh, what 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 horror movie do you like, Brian? If you were like, man, this is my favorite one. Um, you know, if you Jaws, yeah, if you, well, that can (laughs) terrify me. No, I like, if you, if Jaws is a horror movie, I love Jaws. Um, I think 28 Days Later is really good and is a very interesting movie on top of being creepy and scary and stuff. Um, I don't know, like Sixth Sense is great if that's a horror movie. 30 Days of Night. Do you remember that from like 2007? The Vamp. I like that. I thought that was uh, Josh Hartnett. Yeah, forty like days, forty nights. Right. Uh, if it's got a, I, I'm I'm much more interested in the setting and the setup. If you can pull me in with that, and then have characters and or dialogue that's not atrocious, then I'm much more likely to be along for the ride than I am with with most of this. Because it's just again, it's just not. I just don't. I don't like to be freaked out. I don't like to be scared. And so it's it's. I don't have the same. I don't know enjoyment that other people do. Oh, the thing is probably like my go-to if i had to pick a horror movie i love the thing the the not the original but the 82 one was great really mm-hmm. really good so no what uh, i was gonna ask what y'all think of the i mean maybe the biggest story of this whole thing is the or the anticipation anyway was the return of jamie lee curtis in this role what did how'd you think that she uh that she did there and was that a, a satisfying return for her or um i think, think so like i going? said i think this it really is what makes this movie worth it um, they've, how many Halloween movies have they tried without her that have not worked? <laughs> um, not to say David Gordon Green and and Dana McBride couldn't write a good Halloween movie without her involved, but I do think it gives just gives it that authenticity that you need. Like you know, you're watching a Halloween movie when when she's there, and not just like a Michael Myers spinoff reboot. Mm-hmm. It feels like this feels. So, so close to Halloween tone, the cinematography, almost everything feels, it feels like you could watch 
Halloween and this back to back and they would go very well. And, um, I just thought they paid attention to the detail, um, so well that, um, having her involved just made, that was just the icing on the cake. It was just so good and so satisfying. Like I said, as a, as a, as a movie watcher for a 40 years, you know, uh, mm-hmm. for that to happen, like imagine for a second, 40 years from now, MacGruber finally chops off Dieter's thing and sticks it in his mouth. Like, how satisfying would that be? You know, we've been waiting all this time. You're like a broken record, Kent. (laughs) That's all I want. If we had a dollar for every time. (laughs) The only record I plan on breaking. Go for the turkey. Gobble, gobble, gobble. It's a bowling term, but I applied it to throat ribs. Um, yeah, no, I just thought the uh, they nailed almost every aspect of this. There's you know some cheesy stuff here and there, but it was fun, funny stuff. Uh, some of the kills were a little too intense, like him crushing the head of the Loomis Ugh. character was a yeah. little too much, like stomping on his skull. Like that was a little, a little too much for me. But um, but hey. Yeah, there's some people that would be angry if there wasn't something that gory in this movie. But um, nonetheless, I thought this was uh, was this was pretty solid. Um, Brian, Richard, what's your favorite horror movie? Oh, probably Halloween. Halloween, or I love The Shining. I love I'm trying to think of a good one. <laughs> I love Child's Play. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I hate uh, dolls. Ugh. Yeah, I, I really love... like I really like Scream. Like I said. I yeah, think Scream's, good. Scream's a fun, really fun series. Leprechaun. Oh, uh, what's the one? What's the one? The one that freaked me out when I was a kid. Uh, I watched most of the horror movies I watched, by the way. It just explains a lot of my life. Or like before the age of twelve. What's the guy <laughs> with all the needles in his head? Uh, Hellraiser, yeah. Hellraiser, Hellraiser was pinhead, wicked, yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> that was a cool one when I was a kid. But, but yeah, like in terms of like actually a good movie, probably Halloween. Mm-hmm. Word. Word. Well, uh, I expect a lot of reboots of these movies. I expect the yeah, Jason reboot yeah. next year and a fr- another Freddy reboot, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll try to do a sequel to this if they can. But uh, I'd be disappointed if they did. I think this is um, this is a little little gem for this time of year, and I think people will remember this one fondly. I'm excited to watch it again. That's for sure. Uh, let's say greats. Bry guy. Uh, I'm just going to go... I'm going to go just straight B. This is a movie that I'm never, you know, I, I'm not the target audience. I'm never going to watch it again. Uh, but the setup was cool. It, I like the homage to it. And, uh, you know, it's, I've said at least twice now, it's very competent. And that is a, to, for me at least, that's a pretty huge compliment given that I think most of these are, are just not for what I'm looking for. So I'll just, I'll go straight B. Uh, Richard, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to go, I would say a B, but those credits were awesome and the score was incredible. So that raised it to a B plus for me. Kent? Sweet. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with an A. This is everything I wanted it to be. Nice. Everything I expected it to be. Um, wasn't great. It wasn't like uh, A plus all time great horror movies, but it was everything that I kind of expected and wanted it to be. No complaints, really. No big, no complaints big enough to uh, knock it down a letter. So so an A for for Halloween, which I'm very happy to report. I was I was nervous about this one, excited but nervous because uh, this is a cool franchise that um, has had a bad rap over the past thirty years essentially, and uh, it deserves from some recognition. 
maybe they'll do a, like I said, a re-release of the original one now in honor of this. So that'll be cool. Okay. Let's uh, move on guys. Hit that recommend. Weekly recommends. A bing. Okay. Uh, Richard, what do you got yeah, to recommend gonna, this week? Yeah, I'm going to recommend another audio book, uh, that, uh, I listened to a few weeks ago called Black Edge. It's um, I, I want to make I want to pull up her name here. Says so I know it's Sheila, um, Cole Hatcar, uh, Sheila Cole Hatcar. It's a um, a really interesting kind of uh, thriller. I mean, it's a true story, but it's about uh, the quest uh, to bring down Stephen Cohen um, and his firm for insider trading. Uh, just kind of absurd returns they were making, like. Even in bad markets, they were bringing back like 40% returns on their hedge fund. And uh, so everyone kind of knew they were up to something, but it was really hard to prove. Um, so one of those things that would be a really great George Clooney movie or something. But the book's really well written. She's a fabulous writer. And uh, it's it's one of the best books I've read this year. And it's a really good, I, I happen to audible it. So uh, just a really, really compelling, funny great read with a kind of a, an insane ending to it so uh, i highly recommend black edge to people that kind of like those kind of uh journalistic thrillers so that's it black edge awesome brian i'm gonna recommend a movie i saw today that i loved i love love loved and uh, i know you were on it can't too i'm not sure about you rb uh david lowry has become one of our favorite directors here at mad about movies podcast over the last couple years and i've become very excited about uh about his work every time out and this so he's got a movie out with robert redford robert redford's last role called the old man and the gun and uh, i saw it today and i loved it it was just not his last role anymore by the way apparently oh they seriously wow lasted lasted a month and a half (laughs) rumors i don't know what it is but apparently this got him fired up again so very very uh rock band sort of thing to do there but uh no regardless it's uh it is i love robert redford robert redford has always been one of my favorite classic hollywood actors Always more of a Newman guy, but but Redford as well was just so great, and I have been so disappointed for the last five or ten years. Just it seems like he is so checked out most of the time. Um, even like in Winter Soldier is a great example. We're just like, man, this movie is really good, and it is a bummer that Robert Redford is the worst actor in the cast. That's that is tough. And this was he seemed very energized by this he seemed it was very uh quintessential robert redford and i i thought he was great and that i think i felt like lowry brought a lot out of him so it's a very simple quiet small movie and yet i I was very impressed with it and and i think it's uh i think it's definitely worth checking out uh if you if you get a chance and it'll it'll, i'm sure it'll be in theaters for another week or two so you're gonna want to go quickly but it's 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 fun it's it's short Kind of heisty in a very low key. Um, How was uh, SpaceX in it? Uh, very good. She was I very like her good. A lot. She's one of my too. favorites. She was really good. great. Great little cast. Donald, I mean, uh, not Donald Glover, Danny Glover, and uh, Tom Waits, and so much. So it's AC Affleck. AC Affleck, and it's man, it was really enjoyable. Really had a good time with it. So so check still, out the old man. Still want my Casey Affleck Dunkin' Donuts guy movie, but that's okay. <laughs> Man, like first freaking, I don't know, 60 seconds of Pete's Dragon. I was like, this is a great director. 
And then I saw the whole movie and I was like, holy crap, this guy's a really good director. And then I saw a ghost story and I was like, wow, this guy is legit. And then I saw this and I was like, yep, yep. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm just confused why more people aren't talking about him or this movie's not getting bigger buzz. Um, It's confusing, but I'm just, I'm I'm glad we know about him and can watch his movies and enjoy it. Um, and hopefully we turn some people on to Mr. David Lowry. Yeah. Apparently he's doing a Peter Pan movie next. Um, so, he's got, uh, yeah, he's got a couple things lined up. He said, I listened to him with fantasy, which I'm not a fantasy guy, but, uh, I love David Lowry. So I, I wanted to hear the, the interview. He, he's got a, it's a, it's a very good interview on the ringer on whatever channel 33, whatever it's called. Um, uh, but yeah, he said he's well, got they, the big picture. They launched into yeah, that's right. today, launched, by the way. That's right. That's right. So, um, he said, and this was from two or three weeks ago, but he, he said he had another, he had two things lined up and one of them was a Disney thing. And he, he didn't say what it was, but I, that's what I thought too, Ken. I thought it, it yeah. sounded like he was talking about the, the Peter Pan thing, but he also has something else. He said, what did he, his, I think his quote was something to the effect of it's like a ghost story, but on a much grander scale. So it sounds like he's getting to make the movie that he wants to make just with maybe a little more budget than what he had for ghost. Yeah, he, but I'm excited. I think he Very shot excited. Ghost Story for. Didn't he say he shot it for like the? It was like the uh, bonus money he got from Pete's Dragon opening weekend yeah. or something crazy yeah, like exactly. that. Like literally just <laughs> yeah. like a chunk change check from, uh, from Disney and funded that movie and like called four of his friends to come shoot it with him. It's freaking awesome. Also, didn't realize he uh, edited. Upstream Color, which is a Shane Carruth movie. Shane mm-hmm. Carruth is of uh, Primer fame, if you've seen Primer. And mm-hmm. um, another Dallas uh, area filmmaker um, has been uh, oh, the ticket's own Shane Carruth, I should say. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, wor- a movie worth checking out that he was involved in, Upstream Color. I think it might be on Netflix or something, um, if you want to check that out. But okay. That's a good recommend. I'm going to recommend Netflix. Um, Making a Murderer Season 2 it mm. is out. Um, I'm not through it yet, so can't fully tell you the who murdered who. But um, <laughs> I love documentaries, and uh, Making a Murderer was probably one of the more famous um, documentary series that's been released. It certainly made a lot of buzz. I think Season 2 does a great job of kind of talking about the context of season one, like it basically takes place after season one and after everybody sees making a murderer and it puts it in the context of everybody knowing the case, you know? So it doesn't shy away from the fact that it's a big show and that it's a public case and all that. And, um, and it's, it's extremely interesting television and, uh, can't recommend that uh, original series enough, but uh, part two is worth your time if you liked the original Making a Murderer. It's out. It took me a while to find it. I would have thought it would have been on Netflix like homepage and all that, but I had to search for it pretty deep, and I was surprised by that. Maybe they don't think I would want to watch that, but um, but it, I, it gets my recommend, and I'm excited to uh, to see how it all concludes here pretty soon. Nice. So, that's our Halloween review for you guys and i uh, hope you go see halloween if you like the original like i said i hope you i hope you'll see it and i hope you'll give the original some thought and time if you haven't seen the original it's worth your time 
and uh, go watch a, a scary movie this Halloween. Let us know your favorite scary movies and maybe ones we haven't seen that we would like. We'd love those recommends from from MamFam, as always. Um, Brian, where can I find you on the internet? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which will we'll have one of those out uh, early November, I believe. So be on the lookout for that. Richard, where can I find you? You can find me on all the social at Richard Barden, B-A-R-D-O-N. And you can find me at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter, which we're due on. We've got a new one coming out here very shortly, um, as well as a VIP newsletter for you VIP people. We do a little briefing of fun links and stuff like that that we put together for you guys. So double the newsletter, double the fun. And Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snap at Kent Garrison at kentgarrison.com. And uh, find our show, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you please. Uh, Next week, we're going to be back. We're going to be talking about movies on Mad About Movies. Um, I don't (laughs) think anything really big comes out this week. It's pretty pilots, but we've we've got got TV uh, pilots and uh, El Royale next week. Mad Times at the El Royale. And Richard will be doing his solo review of Johnny English Strikes Again. So look forward. <laughs> he demanded it. So In a I, really know. bad Cosme accent. <laughs> Brian, how excited are you for Suspiria, by the way? Uh, is it possibly to, possible to be negative excited? Yeah. Or what? Okay. Negative excited, then. Sus- Suspiria? The Suspiria remake with Dakota Johnson. So, oh, Swinton. Very, very necessary as most of these movies are yes very necessary it's like if they could make darren aronofsky's mother even more <laughs> loud and obnoxious brian would be really down for that Gosh, i would just i think i would oh, just me a goth too what a freaking Oof. cast yeah not not Chloe grace, and Chloe, Gra- <laughs> yeah, Chloe grace moretz this this mm. list that keeps going wow okay until next oh, time and dirk wow <laughs> wow you gotta All see right, it now Well, um, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Happy Halloween. See you in the city. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. (laughs) But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Again, scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me yeah, yeah. So salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.